show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Experience, business, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Consumer first health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status. No. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. New choices, new platforms, new care models. In the healthcare of tomorrow, consumers win. But who will design it? What will it look like? And how long will it take? We're here to answer those questions with some provocative thinking about how to create the healthcare that people actually want. Ready to roll up your sleeves, look at the world a little differently, and explore the frontiers of consumer health together? Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. Welcome back. I'm your host, Jared Johnson, ready to share some more provocative thinking about the healthcare of tomorrow. Here's what's going to go down today. We have the flavor of the week about the launch of Instacart Health. What role can Instacart and other service technologies play as we look to recenter the business systems that serve at the foundation of healthcare? I'll talk about that. Then Eric Steinberger is in the house to share his thoughts as a retail-inspired marketing leader. Eric is the chief marketing officer for Atlantic Health System and is the former CMO at Bed Bath & Beyond. So his retail experience is especially relevant as he shares how his team is organized, how they set priorities to meet consumers' needs, and how they focus on access, affordability, and quality. It's time to dive right in. Are you ready? Let's go. Flavor of the week. Your next prescription could come on Instacart. On September 28th, the leading grocery technology company in North America announced Instacart Health, a set of initiatives that they referred to as delivering the ingredients for healthy living. It was an announcement of partnerships, research, policy advocacy commitments, and new products to help increase nutrition security. One of those new products is called Care Carts, which is designed to give healthcare providers and caregivers the ability to order groceries on behalf of someone else. At first, that sounded like such a no-brainer that I had to stop and think about it. But it's actually quite a profound feature. Providers can prescribe a curated grocery list to be delivered to patients post-discharge. Primary care docs can curate foods to be delivered according to patients' prescribed meal plans. And caregivers can send food to a friend or family member who's feeling ill from long distance. Jane Saracen Khan referred to the move as adding to the convenient, accessible, relevant, and enchanting kinds of services and products consumers can add into their daily life flows that converge with their normal everyday lives. She continued, Consumers are growing their self-care muscles, and diet and nutrition are part of people's growing competencies and interests. Health plans and providers taking on financial risk will be keen to prescribe nutritious food and items from the grocery store that enable their patients to stay well at home and thrive. Pharma companies could see this as a complementary digital therapeutic to help patients undergoing aggressive therapies that attack cancer, HIV, renal failure, and other diseases where patients are at risk of losing weight. Unquote. This is one of the latest steps in the march from healthcare to health. It's part of a world where sending fewer people to the hospital is a good thing, where consumers are embracing self-care and asking for more access, more convenience, and more humanity as part of their personal health journeys. Home-based, preventive, tech-enabled, convenient, value-based, whole person. These words will continue to represent that evolution. Organizations that align their business models and consumer experiences to these trends will be the best prepared to find the profitable path to meeting the new healthcare consumer. The good thing is it can come through partnerships. You don't have to develop your own Instacart health platform. You can take advantage of the tool that they've created. 
they are just the latest player to carve out part of the value chain in a way that works for them and for providers. Let's remember food as medicine and other health initiatives as we look to recenter health strategies and the business systems that lie at their foundation. That's another way that we'll build the healthcare of tomorrow. And that's the flavor of the week. All right, let's get into the flow, everybody. I'm so excited for this. Give it up for Eric Steinberger. Eric's the Chief Marketing Officer at Atlantic Health System. Eric, welcome to the Healthcare Wrap. Great to be here. Nice to meet you, Jared. What did I miss in your bio? Let's start there. What else would you like our listeners to know about you and your background? Sure. So I oversee marketing for Atlantic Health System, fairly new to the organization, under a year. And I guess my background is everything but healthcare. I started my career in management consulting. After business school, I worked in financial services at American Express for a number of years, then did a brief stint at AOL, trying to get people not to cancel their dial-up internet accounts. Then went uh, over to the digital agency side for a number of years. And then previous to this, I uh, oversaw marketing for Bed Bath & Beyond, the mothership and a variety of other brands that the company owned. And then going into COVID made a big pivot into healthcare. That's amazing. We're going to get into that because I definitely want to hear some of your, your observations, having been in some of these other industries at that level. I definitely want to get into that here. I mean, I'm curious just in general, you know, before we even dig in a little bit about the organization of the marketing function at Atlantic Health. If there's anything you can share there with us, like uh, some of the, I don't know, the trends that are happening right there. Like I know just across the board, this is just a challenging time for marketing and healthcare organizations for the operations themselves. We won't go into, you know, operating margins for the last 24 months, you know, like those kinds of things. But the function itself, like how is marketing structured at Atlantic Health and like what functions are included in there? I would say that's probably one of the biggest areas that's evolving as I've come on board. So when I joined, one of my observations about the marketing department was, you know, unlike a lot of typical legacy healthcare providers, very heavy focus on brand and PR and communications. And a sort of setup of a siloed nature supporting individual sites, whether they are hospitals or doctor's offices or various different service lines, if it's oncology, cardiology, bariatrics, whatever it is, and building, you know, essentially bespoke marketing campaigns in support of those individual service lines of businesses. So I think at a high level, and I'm happy to talk about it in more detail, but we've really focused on two fundamental things. One is creating a much more integrated marketing function. If you flip it around from sort of being business-centric to consumer-centric, you know, the consumer has multiple health journeys through their lifetime. They're going to have a variety of different needs, whether it's urgent care or primary care appointment or seeing a specialist or potentially needing procedure in a hospital. And if we're going to look at it through their view that we really need to marry that marketing. So that takes the organization to be organized around that way and to develop communication strategies. So I think that's big change number one. And then the second you know, really high level thing is, and I'd say it's both sort of a talent buildup acquisition uh, capability build, as well as sort of an internal marketing across the system to help educate all the stakeholders within the organization that marketing is more than just brand and PR and communications, that this whole world of digital experience 
and setting up online appointments or reminders or building marketing personalization at scale or everything in the build out of the digital channels and the analytics and the data and CRM, customer relationship management, all of that takes much different set of skills, a much different set of capability, but it's one that exists in the marketing organizations that I've been a part of for the last 20 plus years of my career and just was thought of as a foreign concept in the world of healthcare. And so it's helping people understand there's built out processes, there's capabilities, there's knowledge to leverage from other industries that we're not just you know, starting with new frontier greenfield, make it up as we go along that, that there's a lot we can bring in from those other organizations and, you know, mature marketing organizations have these capabilities baked into it. So, you know, that's helping educate the internal marketing team itself, as well as the broader organization and getting the right people in to do that. Very interesting. There's a lot to that. I'd like to unpack that a little bit. And I imagine the way that the team is structured and those all those functions you just mentioned that are under marketing now, uh, there's a few things that have to be in place foundationally for that to work and operate. And I'm sure some of that comes from your time outside of healthcare, like you mentioned, thinking particularly your time at Bed Bath & Beyond. If there are any observations that you first had when, when you first came into this role, I'm very curious just what some of those very first top of mind things were like, okay, okay, healthcare is similar here, it's different here. What were some of those initial observations? There's a lot of them, but I, I guess I'd unpack two. One is this concept of these sort of siloed marketing teams building sort of soup to nuts marketing campaigns for individual service lines and sites. And when I say soup to nuts, I mean sort of full funnel, like we we need to brand cardiology. We need to brand, you know, this particular hospital or this doctor's office and, you know, awareness, consideration, intent and purchase all the way through the funnel. We need to run that soup to nuts. And I think about the world of Bed Bath & Beyond and it was sort of a similar parallel in that there's a merchandising organization and that merchandising organization has hundreds of people and there's the buyer for just coffee makers and the buyer for bath towels and the one for bed sheets. And they're thinking about their individual business and everything they could do to support those businesses. And if they had it you know, their way, they might want dedicated marketing teams who just talked about coffee makers all the time. But the reality is, is when I was the chief marketing officer at Bed Bath & Beyond, I couldn't predict you know, whose coffee maker was going to break the next day or who decided that morning that they needed a new you know, set of bed sheets and was going to walk into a Bed Bath & Beyond. And so you know, we had these simple concepts like a circular, you know, that shows a breadth of different products and services, either in a print piece or online or whatever it is. And the idea is that would be tied to different themes. At the beginning of the year, it might be rejuvenate, revive, new year, new you, you know, spring cleanup, whatever those themes are that are the moments that consumers going through, but it would be tying those products and a breadth of them to the needs of the consumer at that time. And then, you know, by doing that, you can identify, you hope to find something that the consumer is going to engage with. And then, you know, they come and come into your website or they walk into one of your stores and they go down that particular item. Well, now they've signaled to you what they're really interested in. So you're casting this large net to capture as many people as possible. And then once they sort of indicate through some behavior what they're really interested in, then you bring them further through the funnel and talk about that particular service line. And so it just felt like a very inefficient way to be doing things. So I think big observation number one was this idea of these integrated marketing programs that we're really focused on moving forward because we don't know 
who's necessarily looking for a new primary care physician who has decided that nagging knee problem they've had for three years and they want to call up an orthopedist today. You, you don't necessarily, you know, as much as we could say we have all this big data and analytics, that's a really, really tough thing to predict. And so if you're out there just talking about a lot of relevant things at once, you're going to make that communication work harder for you. And you just need to trust the fact that you've set up the right signals in your system that when they act on anything, that you can then continue to follow through and take them the rest of the way through the journey. So that was sort of big observation number one of how I felt like, you know, retail was a bit different than healthcare. And I think the second piece was, you know, around all of the capabilities that marketing was focused on outside of just, you know, branding and, and PR and communications that all of these digital channels and CRM and big data and analytics. Like one of the things that I've tried to help both the internal marketing team and the larger organization understand is that marketing is way more complicated than it used to be 20 years ago. And this idea that you can have sort of a generalist jack of all trades marketer who, you know, knows a little bit of branding and a little bit of PR and, you know, can put together an email is only going to get you so far. But the depth of capability in each one of these areas, you know, whether it's just paid search and all of the different capabilities that Google has in their AdWords structure, the different ways that you can optimize campaign flows, or if it's getting into, you know, CRM and you got to understand whether you need a CDP or a campaign automation system and how are you going to segment your data. You need experts in every single one of those areas and that we need to have more of a matrix structure where there's, you know, someone paired up with a service line or a site that understands the needs of those particular businesses can translate it into a high level as to what the overall marketing strategy is, but that needs to partner with experts. In every single one of those areas, because, you know, we used to say in the world, you know, retail is detail. The devil's in the details when it comes to how you're going to drive competitive advantage. And I, I believe the same is going to be true, you know, down the line in healthcare and that. And I firmly believe this is where we can create a differentiated brand experience. Let's double click on that part a little bit. The differentiating through a brand experience. Those are not words or terms that were common in healthcare five years ago, even two or three years ago. I'm hearing them a lot more now. And the devil is in the details of how to do that and how to make that a, a competitive advantage. I love that that's where you went, though, because that's a, a feeling of mine that that can be your competitive advantage. Like, that's not the thing that some committee or the intern works on. I mean, you know, I came up through the digital marketing ranks. And so digital, social media, I mean, even websites. I, I remember convincing organizations that we needed a website, you know, like it's been that type of evolution in the industry and being able to be the one sitting there being told, OK, like go figure out social media for us, go tell me what the business value is. I remember those conversations and there's some things that are eerily similar to that when we start talking about brand experience now and how, yes, most of it is digital, but then there has to be this engine underneath it to power that experience. It's a great evolution to know that like that's what's being talked about these days. Those conversations have changed a lot. And I think all that just goes to, to say, like you said, in addition to all the demands on a marketing team's time right now, this is just a challenging time for healthcare organizations themselves. I'm wondering how, in the midst of all that, you set this consumer-first vision to talk about, hey, let's improve an experience and use that as a competitive advantage. Let's make healthcare easier for people, in other words. like Let's remove some of the friction. The bar is pretty low. It's challenging. It's complex. So what can we do here or there? How do you set a vision there? And then how do you work with your team to execute on that vision? Yeah. So, I mean, I think I would say a couple of things. So one is 
you know, fortunately for me, Atlantic Health as a, you know, a hospital healthcare system is very well run organization. So a lot of the challenges that are impacting the industry overall, you know, whether it's it's recruiting, the political environment, consumer sentiment, you know, coming out of COVID and recovering and, and dealing with the fluctuations in demand, you know, there's a very, very well equipped team at Atlantic Health System handling a lot of that. Which you know, very fortunately, has allowed me to really focus on this idea of the consumer. You know, I would say our CEO, as they were looking to fill this role that I joined less than a year ago, was specifically looking for someone outside of healthcare for marketing. Knowing this world of consumerism, knowing that someone from the outside could bring fresh idea and perspective. So. My first point is, is you know, I've really had the, the runway laid out really well for me. So it hasn't been a huge friction point. You know, the thing when I talk about sort of a differentiating brand st- strategy, the story that I've been trying to tell people, you know, when I first came in, we did some really rich consumer insight work. I mean, there have been work done in the past, but again, devil's in the details. I was using some advanced analytical approaches around, you know, conjoined discrete choice to really understand what is driving brand choice for consumers in this space. And the story that I'm trying to help people understand internally is that, you know, you think about quality, access, and affordability. Those are table stakes in this world. And, you know, there's sort of a minimum bar you need to hit on all three of those dimensions. Yes, if it's urgent care, you need to be within 30 minutes drive. If it's specialty, maybe I'll go an hour away from an access standpoint. Quality, we're fortunate enough to have the number one hospital in New Jersey based on U.S. News, and we have many, many other awards and accolades to point to there. But you now the fact of the matter is, is that delivering healthcare in the Northeast, you're going to get good quality almost wherever you go. So when you think about these these three dimensions, there's this bar. But once you meet the minimum threshold, you're in the consideration set. So then what's really going to differentiate you from some of your competitors? It's a lot of these things that are around the experience. And consumers, how you shop is totally different than it was 20 years ago. How your bank is totally different than it was 20 years ago. I deposit to my checking account, you know, sitting at my desk, taking a picture of a physical check that someone sent me. And I don't have to go to the bank and put it in an ATM envelope or something like that. So when I'm talking to my healthcare provider and they're saying, fax your medical records over to us for this referral, it's like, what, what are you talking about? That's crazy. Or I need to make a you know an appointment and I have to call your office and leave a voicemail. And maybe an hour later, you'll call me when I'm doing something else and I can't pick up the phone and it could take you know three days of phone tag just to schedule an appointment. Like that's ridiculous. And so even if we could solve that basic you know, stuff, which look, if it was easy, someone would have done it. It's definitely difficult. But I'm not even talking about how do we create a whole personalized experience for your hip replacement, multi-step journey that could be unique to you. Just getting some of that basic 101 stuff working right is going to differentiate you in this space. And it's those little pieces that are going to make the difference. And so what I'm trying to help the organization understand is that, yes, I'm not saying deprioritize access, affordability, and quality. Those are critically, critically important things, and we need to maintain our focus on them. But this other piece, this customer experience piece, needs to carry just as much importance as any of those other things, because that's really where we're going to be able to differentiate. And so that is a big part of the vision and the focus that we're trying to bring. Stay tuned for more provocative thinking after the break. 
One of the must-attend healthcare conferences this year is the annual Healthcare Internet Conference. HCIC will be held on November 7th to the 9th in sunny Miami, Florida. This dynamic conference provides a great opportunity for healthcare professionals to learn, share, network, laugh, and collaborate. Here are just some of the great new options that HCIC has in store for you this year. There are recorded bonus sessions available to watch anytime during or after the conference, recorded vendor demos discussing hot topics or showcasing the vendor products or services. There will also be a career fair section that is available to search and browse for open digital healthcare positions. It's really an uplifting way for you and your team to recharge and refocus. Go to hcic.net to learn more and get registered today. That's hcic.net. We can't wait to see you there. Okay, back to the flow. There's a reasonable amount of buy-in already happening, you know, within your team, like managing that up and managing that down, you know, towards your team and then towards those you report to. There's at least some basic understanding of we need to figure out how to prioritize this, but that, yeah, it's in the mix of our priorities. And that is refreshing. You know, that is something that, sure, it may have been talked about a lot, but I I see a lot more happening in the last, I'd say the last six to 12 months than ever before. And it is a different conversation. And now we're trying to figure out, most healthcare organizations, it seems like, are trying to figure out how do we organize our teams and how do we set priorities to meet those needs? Is there anything you can share about what your team's doing, even about how you're organized? Like, is there is there a function or even a name to this other than it's part of what everyone in marketing does? I've heard it referred to as consumer transformation or consumer strategy, consumerism. Is there somebody tasked with that? I'm just curious, like how, how that works. I mean, I think there's a couple of things that are ongoing. So my first point to your last comment is, is yes, the organization, I think, is bought into this philosophically. But at the end of the day, like any other thing in business, you know, it's show me the numbers. So a big focus of what I'm trying to do is put data behind this. And what I talk a lot about internally with the team is that, you know, I want the organization to really see marketing as a key lever to drive the business. In my retail world, if sales were slipping on the e-com side that day, you know, the first phone call the CEO made was to me saying, what's going on? How are you fixing this? And that isn't true in healthcare, which actually is a blessing right now as I'm getting on board and, and learning my way around. But, but I, I do believe that we can be an important lever. And if we are an important lever, then we tying back the investments that we're making in marketing to revenue or other key metrics and objectives that we're trying to drive as a healthcare system, because it isn't all about money being a nonprofit and, you know, how we can access underserved communities or whatever other objectives that we have as an organization is a key part of it. I've sold it. You know, really, uh, you know, we haven't put sort of a clever name to it. We're just talking about it as marketing transformation. But I think in a different way, we've used the excuse of me being new coming on board that there's this, you know, real adaptive change that we're trying to drive. I've done a roadshow through the entire organization. And I do have to say, having worked in many industries, I've prided myself on being able to jump in and get my arms around how businesses are organized and what different roles people play and what are the levers that move the business. And I am humbled by how complicated healthcare is. It is by far the most complicated industry that I've ever worked in. So it's um, you know taken a while to talk to all the different stakeholders in the organization, but let them you know be aware of what's coming. Huge focus just working internally on with the team because it's it's you know a very talented, dedicated, caring 
marketing team that has a, a lot of skills and knowledge, but they got to change the way that they've been working in the past. So helping them get comfortable managing through that change and augmenting it with additional talent and expertise in areas that we've been underdeveloped in and getting them all to mesh is, is a huge effort as well. And then continuing the conversations at the executive level around this idea of end-to-end consumer experience and framing it up in the world of customer, everything from sort of the trigger event that starts the search for information about a healthcare need that they might have to the appointment scheduling process to inpatient, outpatient, follow-ups, referrals, to billing and payment and collections. Like that whole end-to-end experience we need to be managing holistically. So as part of the leadership team, as we think about priorities going into 2023, how where that's been certainly a focus of ours for some time, how we continue to elevate it as a bigger focus and get better at executing around that because the collaboration that's required across all of those areas of the business is a daunting feat. So it's one of those areas you can always improve, but you're never going to perfect. Isn't that the truth? Hopefully there's an understanding of that. This isn't a destination. Like I said, it's it's going to keep evolving as soon as we get to whatever that point is where we feel like, hey, we're nailing marketing transformation. However we describe that, then it's going to be the next thing. So I mean, that's, yeah, that's the blessing and the curse, isn't it, of being in this field? But it's there's a lot to it. You know, I wonder about you as a leader in particular in this role. What do you feel like you need in order to thrive in this environment with all these things you have going on, all the the initiatives you just described? What are the things that help you succeed in your role and the things that you're responsible for? I think it's a bunch of different things. So one is having had, you know, I've just been blessed with some incredible experiences in my past, Bed Bath and American Express, even my time at Rosetta, which was a digital agency, working with just, you know, incredibly talented people who are doing things on the cutting edge of marketing. And so I've been able to learn from them. So I think I can bring a level of content expertise to the organization that can both elevate our capabilities, but also help sell in and build confidence within the organization that these things are more complicated than they might be at first blush. So I think that skill set and experience is helpful. I think having been been part of my career in professional services and consulting, I have that sort of structured problem-solving, structured communication skill approach, which is helpful in terms of simplifying these concepts down to meaningful ways that people are going to understand. Like if I'm coming in and I'm throwing a bunch of marketing lingo around, you know, people don't know what the term CRM is in the organizations. They're not marketing-led organizations like, say, American Express is or other businesses that I've worked in where, where most of the leadership is, you know, understands the world of marketing. So, so you have to communicate at a much clearer level to get them to understand. And then I think the third thing, I don't know that it's a skill unique to me, but just one that I've carried throughout my career is being an effective listener. Before I come in and say, here's the answer, we should do X, Y, Z. It's a lot of listening. And it was certainly needed in the world of healthcare because there are very unique things about this. We're not selling a bath towel or a coffee maker. When you're talking about a physician, you're talking about a highly trained human being that is performing a very bespoke service on a patient that's unique to them. And it's not just about the things they're doing, but but how that interaction is working. The doctor themselves has their own essential brand, along with the system, along with all of these other sort of ancillary supportive administrative activities. So it's a much, much more complex 
system. These individuals are professionals. And so it's not just cut and paste things that we've done in other places, but it's saying, you know, how do we take that same model and customize it to make it work in the world of healthcare? But complexity is not an excuse to say it can't be done. It just makes it a little bit more challenging. And so you just got to break it down. You know, whenever you're dealing with something complicated, you got to break it down into pieces that are sort of manageable. And so whenever we get into a conversation where someone's like, well, so-and-so has this unique acute condition and how are we going to solve for this outlier and this outlier and this outlier? And it just put all that to the side for now. Like, let's do the 80-20. Let's figure out some basic things that we can get done. Let's build momentum, demonstrate to the organization and demonstrate to ourselves that, that we can make things better. And then we'll, as we build out those capabilities, we'll figure out how to solve the more complicated stuff down the line. And I just have the confidence to believe in that because I've, I've seen it and done it in these other places. So I know it works. So the conviction is there. And that's a big part of it is having that confidence to know it, it can be done. It's just a matter of figuring out how to make it work here. I just love that thought. You know, what kind of progress could be made in healthcare? Maybe not the long-term timeline, but like a two to three year window. I do see a lot of momentum. You mentioned the word momentum. I see a lot of momentum happening. So if we keep going this direction, like what kind of progress can we realistically expect in the next two or three years? I'm seeing it myself just as a consumer in the healthcare space and obviously being more acutely aware now that I'm in this role and paying a lot more attention to it that a lot of this blocking and tackling, and I think COVID helped, whether it was telehealth or the ability to work virtually, but all of the stuff around the rudimentary care, being able to schedule appointments, being able to manage referrals, be able to do these things digitally, appointment reminders, checking of your medical records. Now you can integrate it all you know, into your Apple Health account, even if you have multiple health systems that you're a patient of. I think considerable progress is going to con- continue to be made there over the next two to three years. More communication. I think, think the kind of marketing is going to shift more from these sort of broad-based traditional channels, whether it's billboards, TV commercials, into more of the digital space. As companies get more comfortable properly and safely sharing data with media providers where you can just bring more measurement to that marketing and how it's working. I think that's going to evolve. And I think the content of what health systems are going to talk about is going to shift where it's going to be more tied to consumer mindsets at certain times of the year or breadth of these conditions versus talking about one individual condition or service line, because that's not necessarily how consumers think about their health. A lot of progress is going to continue to be made in those areas. I think the more complicated stuff like acute conditions or chronic diseases are are going to take a little bit of a while longer, especially when there's so much customization to the kind of care that an individual needs. But there's so much runway with those other things and how to solve that. I mean, I can't tell you how many times like someone had to go in for, you know, a pretty basic diagnostic procedure and says to me, I had no idea what to expect even going in. And it's like, well, why can't we just send you a a video ahead of that procedure that just gives you the basic basic understanding about what's going to happen. It's it's scary. I mean, no one wants to... I mean, that's the other thing is we're selling a product that people aren't exactly joyous all, most of the time about, about purchasing. I mean, you, you know, every, used to joke that there's nothing at a Bed Bath & Beyond that we sell that you need to have, but just decided once you walked in the store, you couldn't live without it by the time you, you walked out. And that's not the same with healthcare. And so easing that anxiety, uh, putting together basic communications, those are things that we can solve in the next two to three years. I mean, they're not that complicated compared to other things. I totally agree. And that 
that is important to to recognize, you know, when we do look at the episodic nature and the state of mind that consumers are in when they are coming into the healthcare system. They're seeing a doctor, they're getting something scheduled. It isn't the same for the most part as going into a retail store and buying something. So that does dictate a lot of a marketing strategy. That's awesome. Last question for you then, Eric, because this just gave me so much to think about. And I really appreciate your time with, with all of this. I'm just curious, what other trends you're paying attention to right now in, in general? In healthcare, outside of healthcare, anything we haven't mentioned that you're paying attention to right now? Yeah, you know, so there's a lot of things. So obviously, you know, big tech and the payer providers and sort of all the people that have their eyes set on healthcare and are making inroads into certain aspects of that space, you know, and I would say the areas that certainly play to their competitive advantages, whether it's urgent care, primary care, or sort of the basic healthcare needs of individuals, that's where, you know, the complexity of the care isn't that high. But if you build all of those great things around the patient experience, you can really differentiate yourselves. And so they scare me communicate a lot to folks internally, just the Amazons of the world. You know, I lived and breathed them every day at Bed Bath & Beyond. And if you aren't worried about them, you should be because they know how to solve problems with technical solutions and build customer experiences that are seamless, quick and easy really well. And their culture of, you know, sort of failing fast, fixing fast and all of that is, is, is not attuned to how healthcare is set up. So they're obviously a big trend. I think we have some major capabilities to thwart them, but to execute to make that happen. You know, outside of that, I'd say, you know, in the world of healthcare, marketing capabilities are ever evolving. You know, the world of cookies is going away and the privacy regulations and all that. So what's marketing going to look like in the future is, you know, sort of a big trend that I'm thinking about that's bigger than just healthcare. And then I would say consumer sentiment, both in terms of views of healthcare coming out of COVID, the political environment, I mean, all these things that are happening in social media today. You know, again, you just you need to keep your eye on those things because something can just come out of nowhere and blow up on you really quick. So it's important to just stay close to it and make sure that we're being planful as an organization to shield us from any reputational risks that might evolve from that. Yeah, there's a lot to it. There's there's a lot coming, and it's great that you're paying attention to it. Eric, what's the best way for listeners to connect with you and learn more about Atlantic Health and the work you're doing? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that you know the two big ways would be to come to our web- website, it's atlantichealth.org, or feel free to reach out to me also on LinkedIn. You know, whatever LinkedIn.com slash Eric Steinberger. I was able to claim the the easy name without any extra numbers or symbols or anything like that. So you can find me there. Very nice. Hey, that's great. Eric, thanks for giving us so much to think about today. I just wish you best of luck in everything you've got going on, which is a lot. There's a lot on your plate, but it's, it's exciting to hear about the work that you're doing, the things you're paying attention to, and the ways that you're working towards making healthcare at the end of the day simpler and better for consumers. That That's so encouraging for us. Just want to thank you again, and, and thanks again, and stay safe, and, and best of luck with everything you've got going on. Uh, It was a pleasure, Jared, and, and happy to come back and talk more anytime. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please spread the word. Tell your colleagues to tune in for all the awesomeness, then leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. This show is produced by Shift Forward Health, the channel for changemakers. Subscribe to Shift Forward Health on your favorite podcast app, and you'll be subscribed to our entire library of shows. See our full lineup at shiftforwardhealth.com. One subscription, all the podcasts you need, and it's all for free. And remember, we might have a lot of work to do in healthcare, but we'll get there faster together. Thanks again.